Welcome to the American Foundation for the Blind Inform and Connect series. We are in a special episode today. We're really going to be talking about travel and I'm really excited to be doing that because we're doing this to create camaraderie and connecting with our blind community in a way that's going to be helpful and help change our world hopefully on how we view moving back into travel and the certain climate that we're in right now. I really thank you so much to have Scott Hansen from Marriott here with us today. Scott, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Melody. Good afternoon, everybody. Yes, we are so, here. yes, we're so happy to have you. You guys, so Scott and I have had a lot of conversations and we've been on a couple of collaborative projects together. And so this is how I've gotten to know him. And um, we really have been talking a lot about travel these days, but I'm going to let Scott kind of tell you a little bit about his background first before we get there. So take it away, Scott. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Melody. <laughs> so again, good afternoon, everybody. Again, my name is Scott Hansen. I'm with Marriott International. Uh, my official title is Senior Director of Guest Facing Technology. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about what that means specifically in a second. But um, as I was uh, recollecting just today, I, it, it, I've been in the travel industry now for 25 years, and most specifically with Marriott now for almost 18 years. So it's, it's been a long ride for me. I've, I've known no other industry other than when I was in college and things like that, but no other industry <laughs> in my adult life other than travel and hospitality specifically. Uh, started off uh, in my very early days out of college uh, at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. Some of you may have been to that property uh, and really honed my hospitality skills, if you will, from an operational perspective at probably one of the finest hotels in the world. Uh, it's unfortunately no longer a, a full uh, property. They've turned much of it into condos and things like that. But in its heyday, uh, the Waldorf Astoria really represented um, true luxury uh, travel and hospitality. But moved on from there and uh, spent some time at a company called Club Quarters, uh, which is a smaller hotel company, still, still alive and well today, uh, with uh, about 15 properties around the world. Uh, and then uh, moved from New York City, uh, where I worked for Club Quarters, uh, both at the hotel level and at the uh, corporate level, to um, where I am today, Bethesda, Maryland, and the headquarters of Marriott International, where I started in our internet operations uh, organization uh, in e-commerce. And which, what essentially uh, my responsibilities revolved around was uh, the operational management of Marriott.com and the business um, uh, operations of Marriott.com. And one of my primary roles there was to interpret guest feedback uh, from our call centers and other sources to improve the website. Uh, and I'm happy to say today that Marriott.com, a lot of people don't know this, is, is still a top 10. I, I keep saying seventh or eighth largest website by revenues uh, in the world. I'm not sure if that's exactly correct, but it's, it's fairly close. Um, um, significant revenues flow, as you can imagine, uh, inclusive of our mobile product now uh, into that, into that um, website. And, so, and, and, and actually that was my first introduction uh, with AFB and working with Carl Augusto, which I just got reacquainted with a few minutes ago. Um, happy to see him again um, in trying to uh, improve the website uh, to accommodate um, blind users um, and um, uh, those with other disabilities. So um, happy to uh, have had that experience. 
And then within the last eight to 10 years, I've now moved into the guest facing technology space and uh, guest facing technology, just to orient you from other technologies in a hotel is really that which the guest interacts with once they're in the lobby space and in their guest room specifically. So not necessarily the back of the house type of technology that supports uh, food and beverage and check-in and, and that sort of thing, but really uh, things that revolve around the TV, uh, digital signage, um, automation in a guest room, uh, things like that uh, are my focus. Um, we more, more recently worked with Melody in, in a project called Room for All, which we may or may not get into today. Uh, but essentially, um, voice then started to play a part in that. And, and you guys are familiar with uh, products like Alexa and, and things like that, which we are looking at potentially introducing in guest rooms to help guests better uh, control their surroundings and orient themselves to a new environment. So um, the, the great thing about technology is that there's always something new uh, out there for us to tackle or review or integrate. Um, much of which is uh, predicated on uh, what guests are used to at home. And so while we'll never have the, the resources to replicate your living room, uh, it would just be too difficult to keep up. We can do um, uh, come close with much of what we're um, pioneering within the hotel room. And so um, much of my focus is around the TV itself, the content there. Uh, how uh, one interacts with that and, and how we, we've more, more recently brought in streaming content, uh, digitized collateral to allow um, more things to be uh, communicated through the television, the mobile application versus just paper on the papers on the desk and things like that, which um, for lots of reasons aren't the most efficient way. So sorry, that, that was a long winded way of uh, uh, rounding out the last uh, 20 20 years there, Melody. No, it was not at all. It was actually quite good because I, I think that, you know, when you're talking about hospitality and hotel, there's so many different components, right? So I love that you're talking about the guest facing technology because what you're doing with the guest facing technology is so critical. And what I really love about it in the time that we have spent together um, and working on collaboration and projects is your passion for advocacy and making sure that people with disabilities are included in this innovation. Can you talk to us about a little bit about that and why that's so important to you? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, I think it did start with my uh, responsibilities with Merit.com and, and really learning about um, some of the challenges that people have with um, digital interactions and digital interfaces. And um, it, Shortly after that, it became second nature just to say, um, hey, we need to um, ensure that we include that perspective in all that we design and, um, and, and, and think about putting in rooms. Um, I think more recently, I will say that um, my efforts have focused on you guys, many people on this call have traveled, I'm sure, or all have traveled. And what, what tends to happen is that you form segregated environments uh, for people with disabilities. So you have accessible rooms and things like that. And depending on the disability, that makes sense, right? Because you need a different physical configuration. But by and large, that, that segregation does not necessarily need to take place. There, it is, with the digital environments today uh, and uh, the way that things, and quite frankly, led by the likes of Apple and Google, thankfully, um, we've been able to adopt those sorts of, of products now 
into every single guest room, right? So um, speaking specifically for the TV space, um, making sure it's very easy to have voiceovers and descriptors and, and things like that um, easily accessed and um, into the TV, introducing voice, which I, I will say right now within five years, um, I will predict that most hotel rooms, I, I, well, I, I take that back. It, the recent COVID um, situation, unfortunately, has um, probably limited some of our capital expenditure opportunities. So whether or not that gets delayed more, more years uh, is TBD. Yeah, if you ask me in January, I'd say within five years, um, you know, walking into a room and, and honestly, my house has all the bells and whistles as I'm sure many of yours do with, with uh, the formal products. I've actually walked into hotel rooms and said, you know, hey Alexa, turn on my lights um, just because it's a habit of when I do walk into my house and I'm yes. in the hotel room. So uh, I, just understanding my own behavior and obviously the ease of use, right? There's a, um, a, a gap of orientation and uh, being able to assimilate to an environment in a hotel like no other. You've, in many cases, never been to that city. You've never been to that particular hotel and, and likely never been to that specific room. From a technical perspective, how can we actually engineer that experience to make that as seamless as possible? And obviously, um, with people with sight limitations, it's a whole other you know, uh, challenge that uh, is introduced there. Um, and my job is to look at how technology can necessarily um, it, it augment the opportunity to make that uh, more efficient and pleasant experience. Um, so that on top of operational changes and things like that, that we can, we can use uh, to better serve all of our guests. But, um, I, you know, I, again, it's something that I enjoy. So you go, again, long-winded way, but going back to your original question, um, you know, my passion just sort of arose from, you know, my early work with Carl and the team and um, sort of uh, continued on. And, and thankfully, I was able to apply that to my current role, um, which um, has moved away from a website and now into the physical space uh, of a hotel room. And I will say um, at the offset, we, we have a lot of work to do um, and I like challenges. So that maybe that was another, <laughs> another no, piece. No, you do, I can tell. <laughs> a, that appealed to me to say, okay, well, what needs to be fixed? Yes. And, uh, and, how, do we, and how do we get at it? And uh, that, that was probably the uh, significant part of the appeal as well. So, yeah. No, no, I, I've really enjoyed it with our discussions about the challenges and how you were so open to have honest conversations and, and, and how you, we must have those. And it's got a good segue into, you know, kind of why we're here today is, is you know, we, um, Scott and I have, have talked about, you know, what travel looks like and, you know, he is a seasoned traveler and even I, um, I'm going to speak for you, Scott, just with sure. what does this uncharted territory of returning and with, with our current climate and we really just kind of sat down and thought well maybe it would be you know with with real-time experience and can you tell us just a little bit about what Marriott if or what you're seeing now even if it's at Marriott or the other um, group which I'll let you explain that you're in what you're doing to kind of ease those fears and yep. then we want to be able to you know hear from our audience about what those specific fears are to help you out and and be a collaborative because we're coming together as one yeah absolutely and thank you for that i you always want to understand what the the trepidations are from our 
our customer and guest base because what we assume are the the things that would prevent or preclude somebody from wanting to to come to a hotel are not not necessarily the most accurate aspects of the fear so um what we're looking at i mean it, it really emanates from two perspectives right it's how do you minimize touching things and how do you minimize interacting with people you know the, the, the those are the top two things that i think um, uh, the, the CDC and others and all the other things that we've heard for the longest time are the two um, uh, elements that we have to be very um, respectful of and make sure that we uh, accommodate for. And so um, from, a, from a touch uh, touch perspective and interacting with aspects of the physical environment within the hotels, how do we limit that as much as possible? Now, of course, we've augmented all the cleaning protocols and things like that. Many, many of you guys have have probably seen some of that stuff on the news. It's been very prominent. Um, and I think we're doing a great job with that. But there is also this uh, psychological element to say, if I don't have to touch uh, a door, uh, an elevator button, a remote control, there is some sense of, you know, um, yeah, a feeling of, of being more safe. Uh, and so um, we think philosophically, strategically that one's own products, one's own devices that they are, that they're use every day in their lives are probably that which they feel most comfortable with. And so obviously a, a mobile device that can control your environment, even when you're not in your own environment, uh, is, is one of the things that we want to focus on. So uh, we've developed, uh, the, the, and, and by the way, this is prior to the, the whole COVID situation where we wanted to uh, uh, develop efficiencies for people coming to our hotels that didn't have the, the, the need to uh, have to interact with uh, our associates. So being able to check in on the, the Marriott Bonvoy app, as an example, uh, being able to request the room type that you want, being able to confirm that you receive the room type that you want, all prior to getting to the hotel, and then the hotel being able to respond by saying that, that, that um, the room is actually ready that you've uh, that you've requested and going directly to your room without e even having to go to the front desk is uh, something that again was was born out of efficiencies born out of the fact that um, the younger generations and I won't pick on Millennials I'll even go a younger <laughs> generation than that don't particularly um, you know talking to people is not necessarily their first desire texting and other uh, forms of communication are which is perfectly fine um, that they would just rather prefer to transact uh, without the necessity of having to go to a front desk. So going into an elevator, being able to use your phone as the access element within the elevator to get to your room, and then uh, having it activate as a key as well to get into um, your room uh, itself. And so you know, one, what, what is the physical element you're, you're removing from the equation? Well, you don't have to touch a plastic key. Uh, you know, again, I, I think, um, we have not, we don't have definitive feedback that quote unquote, that the, the people are afraid of touching a plastic key. It, it is the psychological element of I'm going into a foreign place, limit my interaction uh, with uh, physical elements there that I'm not necessarily familiar with. And obviously that also include inherent in that arrival scenario that I described, um, you do not have to interact with a front desk agent which by the way, we've now um, separated from our guests with a plexiglass 
partition, uh, obviously masks, masks are worn and things like that and, and respectful distancing uh, has been instituted. Um, but again, um, it's that psychological element of I'm in control, I'm in a new place, let allow me to have access to that is, is really the underlying philosophy there. And then once you're in a room, um, and th this is actually some of the work that, um, that Melanie was helped participate in with our Room for All initiative, which unfortunately was right at the beginning of all yes. of this, we're in the midst of con uh, continuing that, is to then integrate that app to manage the environment itself. And I, I suspect you will all see that accelerate significantly, whereas you can turn on the lights, uh, turn on the, or close the curtain, even uh, put on the do not disturb on the, on the door, things like that uh, all through your mobile app. And then obviously control the TV as well. Um, and then the, the, the philosophy we have around voice is to also actually use your mobile device to be the receptor of voice. So in this case, it would be Siri or, it with, uh, or Google, uh, depending on uh, your operating system. And that way, um, again, taking it to another level of comfort and safety, you, you don't have this microphone sitting in a hotel room that's listening to you all the time other than your own microphone. So hopefully you trust that. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we would much prefer you to be able to say, you know, um, to Siri, turn on the lights and it would activate through your phone to our app, to the lights and then act and, and proceed that way uh, versus, you know, this, uh, this other device, which um, you may be hesitant uh, to interact with based upon, you know, uh, data collection or uh, other um, potentially nefarious elements from either Marriott or, or actually from Amazon in that, in that case. So, um, you know, you, you see where we're going with a lot of this stuff, um, but ultimately, um, I, I, you know, I continue to want to solicit feedback from the likes of, of, of you guys to say, yeah, I don't really care about the key. The key's fine. I'll, I'll use a regular key, but I really don't want to touch the door. I, I don't really don't want to touch that remote control. That's the one that thing that, that worries me. Or what I worry about is the elevator. How do I ensure that I'm the only one on the elevator and things like that? So there are gradations of of, of hesitation that I think exists within the travel experience. And that's the one piece that we've yet to actually um, rank, if you will, and, and determine where to, what do we attack first. But all these things are, are coming into play. Um, one thing I, I was gonna say I neglected to add is that we're also looking at tele-interfacing with uh, associates through a, uh, a lobby kiosk or um, a lobby uh, tablet. So um, picture coming into a hotel, and you, and you sit down at a desk and you check in with somebody, but that individual is, you know, uh, either in the back of the, you know, back office of the hotel, or they may be in a central location managing five or six hotel check-ins and your distance through technology by interfacing simple, similar to the way we are today and say, you know, checking in and making sure your credit card information is okay, putting in special requests and things like that. Um, all those sorts of things can also be done in that, in that distance environment. Um, it is all of these things um, are incumbent upon Marriott. And, you know, this is one of the early things that were born out of the work that I did with Melody is that we don't always get right what you what uh, the traveler is asking for within a room. And one of the things with our Room for All initiative that came out very clear, loud and clearly to, to us was procedurally, we request the proper rooms, what the, the amenities that we need. Uh, to make our stay comfortable and you don't always provide what we've asked and so you don't fulfill 
that end of the transaction. That has nothing to do with technology, to be quite honest with you. That has everything to do with execution. Not, not to say that I'm abdicating that responsibility, but my point is it's, it's um, we need to do it all and, um, and we're working towards it. That is really some, thank you for letting us know and sharing where we're going with this. And I, I think that's a good segue. So now that what we wanna do is, um, before we open it up for Q&A, um, so we can have a collaborative discussion, I just want you guys to know that if we really, Scott and I really want to keep this conversation going, because maybe sometimes there's something you've seen here, or you've heard, or you get off and you're like, oh, I wish I would have answered that question. We're not really sure how that platform is going to look yet, but what if you could, if you, when you're putting your questions and comments in, can you please just ask, put in your email address as well so that we have your contact information to keep you like moving? Because we're, you know, we're better together and creating a life with no limits when we collaborate. So, you know, we really want to keep that inclusion going on the AFB side, also here with, um, you know, our partners and, and how much we've really enjoyed having um, Scott here today and, and just helping us navigate that. So, we are going to go ahead and open it up. Scott, thank you. Before we do, can you, as such a seasoned traveler, because I loved your stories of talking about seasoning, if you had like just one tip for anybody, you know, for with your travel, which you've even said yourself in this time is, is uncharted territory. Sure. What would that, what would that be? One little tip. Yeah. Um, so you, in, in full disclosure, Melody prepped me for this. So I, I actually came up with two. So I'll, I'll be <laughs> very quick but uh um the 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 one thing when i travel that i um sort of focus on more than anything else is saving time uh travel what obviously we've all been doing this it, it feels like a cattle call and you know um they're funneling you through systems that can't accommodate uh the number of people they're trying to funnel you through so um my first suggestion would be to ensure that you join uh, as many of the efficiency opportunities as possible, like pre-check, like um, um, global entry, uh, if you can do clear. Um, and, and by the way, you know, when you, you think these expenses start adding up, I joined one credit card and it knocked out all this stuff for me for free. So um, do your research on your credit card. But anyway, so <laughs> having that and, uh, you know, I, and again, I, I do about 200,000 miles a year, which is a lot. Um, and um, I, I, when I get dropped off at the hotel, I, I literally walk through the door and I'm between car and past security, um, rarely takes me more than five minutes. It's just um, the efficiencies that are and the benefits that you get from joining these both low cost and low barrier to entry. Um, unless you're a terrorist or something, you might, you might have some problems, but other than well, that. Oh yeah, you know. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> you know but um so that so it would be joining that and then even the lounge access i find um helpful and i get that from a credit card as well so again all these things sort of sound a little bourgeois when you're like oh well you got all these special no <laughs> I, I i'm telling you, you you join one credit card you knock all this stuff out the second thing i would say is uh, when whenever you're at a hotel and i've done i've worked at a, the front desk of a hotel way back just out of college for a while be nice to the people at the front desk and you will get everything you want. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, and, I, and I, I could tell stories when I was at the Waldorf Astoria, this huge, uh, you know, uh, historic hotel and just, you know, beautiful rooms, but they were not all created equally. And there were times when I, literally people would come up to me and 
status aside, obviously the other thing I would say is join all of the programs for airlines and, air, um, and um, hotel loyalty programs. That, that's, just, that's a no brainer because you don't want to lose, never spend a nickel without having some sort of return to you. But um, that I would have, you know, full um, discretion to put that person in any room that I wanted. And, and it was based on nothing, right? Because they were all paying the same rate. And there were some that had a nice corner view and there's, and then people that were always nicer to me and just, you know, struck up a conversation and I felt even a modicum of rapport. Um, you know, I, I just gave them the nicer room and then somebody else who no fault of their own or didn't do anything. You know, I, I put them in just the average room. It was what they paid for. It wasn't anything less, but my point being, there's always a better room than the one you paid for or the one you asked for and kindness at the front desk will almost always get you into that room uh, that's a little bit bigger, nicer, higher up, I don't, whatever those, the criteria that is meaningful to you, um, you should be able to get that. So that, those, those are my tips. Those are very good tips. And I, I very much like those. <laughs> well, we're going to go ahead and have Susan open up the floor for comments and questions. And again, if you could please include your, your email address, if you'd like to keep this going, because we really want to, we want to be able to build this up and provide real life feedback. And um, can't wait to get started, you guys. Yeah, we have a comment from Sonia and she said, those are great tips, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really good question from Thomas Reed. He says, is Marriott considering the installation of indoor navigation? Seems like a great way to reduce the need for interaction. So, and I, and I don't know what, from what perspective you're asking the question. Is it, the answer is yes, from a um, digital signage perspective. So going back to um, the, one of the strategies of limiting interaction, by default, you have to supplement that limited interaction with some other mechanism of communication, right? So if I can't go talk to the front, or I, I should say, I'm discouraged from talking to the front desk, the concierge, and whomever else, somehow I need to also um, be aware of some aspect of the hotel, the operations of the hotel, the pool is closed. Um, I don't know, the gym hours are limited or I have to sign up for the gym now because we wanna limit the, uh, the number of people in there. We need to, we need to uh, make sure that that is being communicated. So we do have very uh, fair, I should say fairly, not very robust uh, programs and products around digital signage that we can roll out fairly quickly and have been rolling out fairly quickly to denote um, th those changes and allow you to interface with, a, um, with a, a digital interface versus a physical one. Now, the next question is obviously gonna be, uh, is it accessible for those with site disabilities? Um, that is something that we need to, um, to figure out. One of the things that we are, we have implemented and are continuing to look at and expand upon our, our beaconing uh, technologies, which is to say your phone, your Marriott app is triggered with a message as you pass a physical location. Okay, so um, that is something. Now, again, initially designed to say, oh, you're walking by a Starbucks. Why don't you come on in here and I'll give you a free cookie or something like that with, with, with every purchase of, uh, of a coffee. Now, logically, you would say, well, why can't you just expand that to say, um, if I'm passing by a digital signage, give me a whatever that communication is through my mobile device to which then I can actually, quote unquote, see it as well. 
and that is also being integrated into that into that uh, feature set. Um, I will preface, so as I talk about technology, I should have probably talked a little bit about Marriott that people don't uh, maybe have background on. We have 7,400 hotels, give or take, around the world. Uh, we are the largest hotel company in the world, and we are a franchise model company, which is to say we do not own our hotels. We own, out of 7,400 hotels, probably 20 of them, and that just has to do with um, you know, purchasing assets and reselling the real estate at a higher value, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so consequently, part of my job is to evangelize some of these technology needs and efforts to owners to go out and purchase them. It is not a foregone conclusion that we say, oh, you need to have X, Y, Z, and it'll be there tomorrow. It is a constant challenge of re-educating those with the checkbooks to understand what is important. And so part of my um, advocacy continues to include, obviously, people with disabilities and, and, and other groups to ensure that um, we are uh, serving the needs of everyone. Um, and that includes, so going back, roundabout way, we're going to going back to your question to say, the answer is yes. Um, replacing human interaction with digital, digital to, to be able to be accommodated by mobile devices. And then hence that is, uh, is consumable by uh, almost all of our uh, guests. Thank you, that was a good question, Thomas. And it's good to see you. And we have another question and a comment from our dear friend, Catherine Harrison. Um, I find the hotel experience difficult because across the board, the rooms are very dark. With limited vision, better lighting would be fabulous. My question is about the feeling about feeling secure when I travel alone as a vision impaired woman. Is the technology you're talking about going to address this? Uh, and, and so the technology you're referring to specifically is brighter environments within in the rooms. Um, my honest answer is no, that's probably not on the list. It is now. Um, uh, I'm not, wasn't, I wasn't aware that the rooms not, weren't necessarily bright enough. What I, what I am aware of is that um, the light switch configurations in a room are probably not accommodating enough to hit all the lights to make it bright enough for people. And I, that I will concur with. Um, and that's why we are starting to automate the, the room lighting control to be more centralized so that you're not on your uh, hands and on, well, you wouldn't be on your hands and knees, but trying to figure out behind a curtain or something like that uh, to find another light switch or um, and I've done this too, where there's a lamp sitting on a bed stand and I'm like, okay, do I control this from the wall switch? Do I control it from the little button underneath the light bulb or do I control it on the cord? I mean, that sort of thing frustrates me. I can only imagine uh, how it frustrates others. So um, it, there, there, there is a way we're addressing it, but overall, from a design perspective, it sounds like the rooms in general, even if you were to maximize the lighting environment in there, in totality that it may uh, still fall short. Um, and that's something I'll make note of. Good question, Catherine. Thank you. Hey, this is some good feedback for you, Scott. This is from Marsha. Um, not technology, but the plexiglass is really starting to be put up in many businesses. This is a problem with my low vision is I cannot see where I need to actually go to talk to the person behind the counter. Also, if the TV could be turned off by your phone, that would be great. Um, sometimes it's hard for her to find the remote in the room. So the, 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 um, the uh, material of plexiglass in and of itself is not opaque enough. 
Is that, is, am I interpreting that correctly? I think, well, that, and I'm, Marsha, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think also too, because I have found this to be true. When I'm going up to go speak with someone where there's a pet plexiglass situation, I don't know where the hole is. So I'm talking to literally the plexiglass. So they, so they yeah. can't hear you or you can't, yes. yeah, I get it. All right. Marsha, I think I'm, that's where we were, because we had discussed this uh, last week, I think. So yes, but it's problematic. Yeah, I mean, part of the way we, we, we got to address that is consistency and then commute that, communicate that consistency of where, how that it was going to appear. Um, again, part of the challenge, and I'm, I'm, don't please don't make this uh, feel like I'm making excuses, but part of the challenge is then you have um, some owners that put in things one way or the other. And part of Marriott's responsibility, part of my responsibility from a brand um, uh, standards perspective is to make sure that that consistency remains so that Melody, you always know that the hole is, you know, I don't know, four inches above the counter or something to that effect. Um, and then then that will be of, of, of help. But um, this is good to understand with plexiglass never having been a part of this. I mean, it's, you know, we make a joke that it's like, oh, it's like those liquor stores in the bad neighborhoods. Now you got yeah. your credit card underneath and say, hey, can I have a room? You know, it's kind of a um, one of those things. But, you know, again, it's a it's a safety necessity that we we're, we have to do. and We're happy to do. But um, note well taken on the um, the consistency of, of how that is uh, set up. And Marsha reached out again. And yes, Melody, that's what she was talking about with the plexiglass. We also had a follow up comment from Catherine about the dark rooms. And she said that it's um, an issue sometimes for her in the hallways and the lobbies too, uh, with her low vision. Okay. Um, our next question here is from Lisa. Uh, will you be offering a large choice of audio descriptive movies, TV shows for visually impaired that are easy to use? So the services that we have, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, the services that we have on our TV are, um, so it's, it's called the guest room entertainment platform. I won't go too far into this, although uh, very proud of, of what we've created. Um, leverages the technology that is inherent in the apps. So um, you have um, alternative audio options for standard TV. We call it linear TV, which is the typical broadcast, ABC, CBS, and cable stations. Excuse me, but what, when you get into the, um, what we refer to as OTT applications, which are the Netflix and the Hulu and things like that, um, all of the um, technologies that enable um, uh, voiceovers and things like that, uh, and descriptors that exist within that application are activated within the, the application. So or maybe I'm not making sense here. So you sign into your Netflix account on the TV in the hotel room, you have all of the capabilities of Netflix uh, once you're in that application, which includes um, uh, activating descriptor titles and other things that may be of assistance to you. So that would be like using whatever audio description we use at home, like that you were talking about would translate what it would be like, much like being going from home to your hotel room. Correct. Yeah. I, mean, I, I refer to Netflix specifically. Now, if you guys are talking about, oh, I have to go purchase this specific hardware or software to be able to translate everything on a TV. We do not have anything specific to that. It is what is inherent in the, the application itself. Um, and then uh, alternative audio options that are, are standard within a TV uh, product that you would buy at Best Buy and things like that. We, we, we have all of those things. Again, I may not, if there's something that I'm missing that is a very specific technology that you're saying, 
oh no, you got to go buy the XYZ. This is great. You know, if just hook this up. I'll, I'm happy to look into that. Thank you. Okay, so this is more of a comment um, from Nazreen. Her concerns are with the elevator areas. Will they be more accessible? Um, so I guess I, I need more specificity around that accessibility from what capacities. Uh, is it trouble finding the, the floors that you're going to to press the button? Is it the size of the elevator to accommodate a wheelchair? Um, what, what specific aspect of the elevator is um, challenging? Nazreen, if you'd share a little bit more information with us, we'll pass it on to Scott. And we have time for a few more questions or comments or feedback, so please send that in. Um, oh, yes, you we guys. do. Yes, we do. And, and Nazreen, while you're at that, I think one of the questions that I have is, is, is if, there, if anyone has you know, specific you know, fears um, moving into traveling. Um, thank you so much for all your comments you guys that you put here. But, you know, for me, um, I, I know there are, we have a thing around of knowing when who is six feet in front of us, you know, if, if that kind of thing, um, you know, what the world's going to look like and just any kind of feedback, you know, and, and, and Scott's point is our keys something that, that is nervous for you. Um, just, just, or, and if that's not what is just, that kind of you know feedback so that they're able to we're able to provide that solid feedback to assist the hospitality hospitality industry because truly and we were talking about this and you just heard it on the news we were talking earlier is that this has been the most hit industry um, as far as um, you know with the, with the COVID. economically so, yeah yes so so this all of what we are doing here today is so really important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, if, if there are things that it's one of the I'll, I'll, I'll sort of piggyback on that melody. If there are things that in the last three months of your life, whether it's going to the grocery store or you know, any other aspect of your typical life that is different now. Um, let me see how I can, can phrase this, that you think hotels need to be concerned uh, about accommodating. You need to let us know, like the conversation I had with Melody um, was around, well, now you need to stay six feet away from each other, but um, people's, and this may be a good thing or a bad thing, but people's normal in inclination is to come over to you and say, hey, may I help you? And of course, you know, they grab you and you're like, no, you're not supposed to grab me. I don't care if there's COVID or not. You know? Yes. <laughs> but, yes. Um, you know, things like that now have compounded your everyday experience and a hotel should do X, Y, and Z to help us maintain the distances that everyone else can um you know uh enjoy but yet for some reason um you know uh people with sight issues are not getting that same accommodation and I, again i don't know what it what it's been i know melody you've come up with a couple of ideas that you're sort of bouncing around some other uh groups and things like that yeah. um but yeah so i i mean that that sort of thing that says hey you know uh I, I, and I don't know the answer. That's why I'm sort of throwing it out to the group. Um, um, clearly, even education of our associates to say, you know, hey, I, I know your first inclination is to run over and say, hey, can I help and grab things and this and that. And, it, you know, that COVID doesn't, doesn't care if you're blind or not, right? It's, it's going to uh, affect you either way. So let's make sure that we respect the same um, uh, sort of uh, precautions that are afforded every, you know, everyone 
uh, across the board and, and not make exceptions that will be to the detriment uh, of somebody with some with site issues. So, uh, you know, that, that's a general statement, but maybe there's something that I'm missing in the hospitality environment. No, that's very well put. Okay, so Marsha has, oh, sorry, Melody. No, you go ahead. Marsha has another question. This is a bit logistical. If the key to your room is on your phone, how do you use it to open the room? For example, finding the place to scan my boarding pass at the airport uh, with her phone is a challenge for her. So, yeah, it, it will always be optional, right? So we'll, we would never force somebody to do that. So that is an option for somebody that wants to use it. You can always get a traditional key. And in fact, the other option that we have that I, I think I neglected to talk about is we're building these kiosks that, that when you come into the hotel, uh, and these are fully accessible too, but um, you come into the hotel and you either swipe your credit card or type in your last name or speak your name or something like that, it will actually print out your key for you um, after some validation of who you are. So if you, if you don't want to use your phone, um, the, my familiarity with the accessibility features of, a, of an iPhone are somewhat limited. So I, I can't um, intelligently speak to um, how challenging it is for you to find the Marriott app. I, I will say this, and I, and I, I vacillate between using a, a traditional key in my phone because a key I can pull out of my pocket, open the door, and it takes five seconds, you know, not even five seconds, a second. Whereas if I have to pull out my phone, find the app, make sure, you know, you got to make sure the phone is connected to either the internet or, or um, cellular connection, then uh, hit the key, open the door, takes five sec or a few seconds, and then the, the door is open. It, it, it's a little bit more laborious than, um, you know, just pulling out a key out of your pocket. But for some people that either want the efficiency of not having to stop for a key or feel um, some hesitation about touching a piece of plastic, that they're willing to take that, um, that, that extended time to be able to open the door. So to answer your question, you know, how do you do it? I, again, I can't speak from an accessibility perspective, but it is essentially as easy as going into your um, Marriott Bonvoy app and right on that um, sort of, uh, I'll call it the homepage of the app, there, there is something that says you are checked into room 505, press here, hold phone next to, to lock and it'll open. Nice. And we have another comment from Lisa. Um, she says that Guide Dogs for the Blind had their annual reunion at Marriott of Portland this past October. The staff was fabulous with 95 dogs and over 170 people in the group. During wow. the banquet, the staff was surprised that there was no noise from the guide dogs. Oh, that's a great comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Lisa. Are guide, are guide dog breeds chosen specifically because they don't bark a lot or just, <laughs> are they They're trained, trained that way? <laughs> yes. yes, that is great. Thank you for sharing. And um, Scott, we want to thank you so much for kind of talking through this with us and kind of giving us a little bit of background of what you do and just being so open in your advocacy. We just thank you so much. And again, everybody, my email address is mgoodspeed at afb.org. So we really do want to keep this going. And like I said, if you have questions, comments, um, or maybe you didn't have any, but you want to keep the conversation moving forward and we can, with the support for all of us, just put in the comment box your email address or just email me. And we really, um, really appreciate your time and energy and, and, uh, and great collaboration. So thank you, Scott, so much for hanging out with us. Thank you. It, it was my pleasure. And again, 
Um, if you forward your email to Melody and you have a question about any aspect of, of uh, well, hotel operations in general that I can ask that's specific to Marriott, um, she can forward them on to me and I'm happy uh, to address those. And, you know, I really welcome the, the collaboration of AFB and all of the participants on this call to help us, um, you know, create a better hotel experience for everyone. Scott, I want to thank you so much for spending extra time with us today and listening to, you know, what it is we're talking about. And I really want to thank a special shout out to our audience today for your amazing questions and the feedback that you're giving Scott and I. And we really want to keep this dialogue moving forward. So if you can think of anything that you want to add to our episode today, what it concerns travel and moving back into it, please feel free to email me at mgoodspeed at afb.org. And as always, if you want to learn more about the American Foundation for the Blind, you can visit us at afb.org. Again, Scott, thank you so much. This was so incredibly valuable. Have a great day, everybody.